You're listening to the Bearded Theologians Beardcast, hosted by Zach Bechtold and Matt Franks. And for the month of February, we're going to be looking at the Beatitudes in Matthew's Gospel, chapters 5 through 7. And we hope you enjoy listening to our Beardcast and blog posts about the Beatitudes. So check us out at beardedtheologians.com. Okay, here we go. You're listening to Bearded Theologians, hosted by Matt Franks. And Zach Beck told this week as we um, bring our Sermon on the Mountain sermon series or sermon series uh, <laughs> podcast series <laughs> to a close. Um, we're going to break this up because we really realized that we didn't spend, we run out of time and run out of space. And so Zach's going to um, kind of reflect on chapter six and I'm going to reflect on chapter seven and bring it to a close. And so Zach, um, go ahead and uh, start us off with chapter six. So, so um like Matt said, there's a, there's a ton here, um, just like there is in the whole Sermon of the Mount. And, and in chapter six alone, um, we cover the beginning of piety and, and giving to the needy. And, and we cover prayer, uh, including the Lord's Prayer. And then we cover things like money. Um, and we cover things like worry, all, all in chapter six. And so I'm going to do my best to break that down and not talk too fast but give everything it's due, do justice here for chapter six. And, and so chapter six talk, starts out and, it, and it's talking about our piety through the whole chapter. That's the theme. And, and our piety are the things that we do um, that bring glory to God, that, that build our relationship with God and with people. And so Jesus starts out talking here um, in, in, the, in the New Living Translation. He uh, starts the chapter and says, watch out. Um, uh, don't don't do your good deeds and um, publicly to be admired by others, uh, for you will lose your reward in heaven. And I mean that's a pretty strong statement. Um, watch out with an exclamation point. You know, I, I see there see Jesus sitting on on the hill there, going, "Watch out!" You know, this don't do these things publicly so that people will see you, but do them in a way that honors people. And, and the thing about the needy and when Jesus talks about people in need, uh, we think, I think today in our context, we think about homeless people or people who are, um, gosh, what's, what's, a, what's the term I'm looking for? Um, <clears throat> probably less than us. Um, I, I don't think oftentimes we consider uh, ourselves needy in many areas, but uh, what Jesus is talking about here, those who are in need. And, and I believe we, as people, all of us, no matter what our situations are, we are people in need. Maybe we're in physical need, maybe we're in spiritual need, or maybe we're in financial need, but we're all people of need. And so when we reach out to people to help, it's, it's doing it in a manner that's not saying, hey, look at me, but here's, I'm bringing, I'm helping bring you dignity. Uh, and bringing people dignity is much, much different than just helping so people will see you. Uh, and I think that's what Jesus is getting at here is that dignity piece. Uh, for those who are in need, whoever they are, wherever they come from, bring, bring help with dignity. Um, and so, uh, and then he moves right on into, um, into prayer. And, and with the same, in the same context of don't pray in such a way where people will see you um, and hear you and, and be drawn to you, but, but pray like this. And he goes into the Lord's Prayer. And I don't know about you guys uh, listening, but we, it's the Lord's Prayer, something we do each Sunday in, in church. And um, I, hope, I hope it's not something that you just say. 
but I hope it's something that you let ring through your hearts and your souls and do your best to live out because there is all just in the, we could do a whole podcast on the Lord's prayer itself. I mean, um, there's just so, so much there, um, to talk about, but you know, Jesus goes in, he says, pray, pray like this. I'm teaching you right in this moment, how to pray, not to babble, not to talk around yourself, not to be selfish or what, but here's how to pray. And it says, our father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as is in heaven. Give us today our, the food we need and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. If you, if you forgive those who sin against you, uh, your heavenly father will forgive you. So that's, that's the purpose there. That's the point is forgiving. Uh, going to those people asking for forgiveness and forgiving them in turn. Um, so there's, there's a ton there. And then, then Jesus moves on to um, talking about money, um, talking about not being able to uh, store up your money here. Um, you can't take it with you. Um, be, be generous is what he's saying. Don't, don't hoard it. Don't um, be selfish with it. You know, going in line with helping the needy. Um, and then, and then we move right on into worry, which I want to spend a little bit more time on worry because I think it's something we all do as people. Um, we worry about everything. Uh, we worry about our hair. We worry about our clothes. We worry about money. We worry about um, you know, our jobs, we worry about, you know, is it too hot? Is it too cold? You know, does this person like me? Does that person like me? Did I do this right? Did I do it wrong? I mean, we literally are capable as people of worrying about every second and aspect of our life, but what does it add? What life does it add to us to worry? And that's what Jesus is getting at. When you worry, it consumes your mind and your thought and you miss people. You miss their needs and their concerns when you're worrying about yourself. And in return, you miss what God has in front of you. You miss the opportunity that's God's put in front of you either to help those in need or to find the help that you need in, in that. And uh, one, of my, one of my favorite lines in this is, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store in barns, uh, store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And so for those of you who are worriers like me, just let that last line there. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? I'd be willing to bet the answer is no. And so stop it. Stop worrying. It's not helpful. It's really hurtful. And it's, and it's harmful to your life, to your soul, and to the people around you because we miss those opportunities in our own life and uh, in the lives of others to actually be life-giving rather than worrying and letting it take our life. So that's, that's chapter six of the Sermon on the Mount in a very, very quick nutshell. Um, and so I want to turn it over to Matt to give you guys a little bit on uh, chapter seven here. And then uh, maybe we'll have some conversation after that. I don't know. It depends. <laughs> so Jesus, uh, so remember, as, as Jesus was preaching the sermon, he didn't just like stop and say, chapter seven, judging. <laughs> he rolled right into the next thing is, and I love the verse one in, in the common English says, don't judge so that you won't be judged. You will receive the same judgment. What? Sorry, you will see receive the same judgment you give. Whatever you deal out will be dealt to you. 
and that's obvious. I mean, we all get upset at Christians who judge, <laughs> but the real question is when you judge, how do you judge? Because you do, we all do. It's, it's part of human nature. I mean, look, uh, we're in award show season. What does award show season entail of judging? It, it's part of who we are. And I think there's a healthy way to judge things. I think if you're uh, providing healthy, constructive criticism, that's one way. But if you're continually just judging people for who they are and where they are in life, that's not like a good thing because then, you know, they could look at you and say, you know, where are your shortcomings and where you're falling short on that. And, um, and, I, and I really like how Jesus just is like, don't judge that you won't be judged. Like, and just kind of leaves it there. Just, just puts it on the table and says, don't do it. But then he dives deeper. And, and I love this. Um, First, take the log out of your eye, and then you will see clearly to take the splinter out of your brother's eye, brother or sister's eye. Uh, how often um, when we're judging, you know, we're dealing with somebody else and their emotions, but we're not really looking at ourselves and checking our own emotions and our own selves. And, and you know, we all have stuff. We all have sin that has corrupted our life, and um, we all have something that we're dealing with in one way, shape, or another, but yet... Um, if we allow that to cloud our judgment and we start to judge other people, um, we'll truly miss out on um, one getting to know a person. I think that that's important. But then the other is um, it's easy for us to judge uh, other people. It just is. I mean, it naturally is. We do it. We all do it. Uh, I'm not saying that we, sh- you know, just say don't do it. And, and cause that's what Jesus says to do, but strive not to do it because it will be part of your nature. And, um, maybe work towards instead of doing judging, maybe providing um, positive feedback for the person and say, man, you know, you looked good today or, you know, just something that um, will help you not look at them so poorly, but then also help yourself not be one of those judgmental Christians that are out there in the world that everybody hates. Um, and then he continues on uh, to ask, seek and knock, um, you know, really just go to Jesus. I mean, that's really what he's saying here. Um but I, I like verse 12. Therefore, you should treat people in the same way that you want people to treat you. This is the law and the prophets, the golden rule. Um, you know, we really do. And I think that that's where we fall short. We forget how we're treating other people. Would we want the same treatment ourselves? I think that's a good buffer question to ask ourselves as we're moving through that. Um, and then Jesus continues on, uh, going through a narrow gate. The gate leads, leads to destruction, is broad, and the road is wide. So many people enter in through it. But the gate that leads to life is narrow, and the road is difficult. So few people enter into it. Um, I think Jesus here is, is pointing towards that discipleship is not easy. Um, and it's something that um, not everybody uh, can do. Um, we hope, you know, the, the, the goal of Christianity is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Um, but sometimes we do fall short um, and it does become up to people's choice. And some people choose the easy road that really necessarily isn't all that easy versus choosing the road that leads to life. And I think that that's, you know, as he's kind of talking about that. And there's all these other things that, as I mean, Zach pointed out and we've talked about that we could spend a lot of time on there. Um, and, and I really think at the end, Jesus is kind of coming the traditional hellfire and brimstone kind of deal. You know, if, if, you know, if you were to die tonight, you know, would you go to heaven? Have you given your life to Jesus? And, uh, and he's not saying that, but like chapter seven kind of hints towards that. Um, but yet there's this grace that he gives um, and, and a sense of just pointing towards, you know, it really does come about believing in me. 
and, and following me. Now he doesn't say that, but I, I really feel like he's pointing us towards that, that, that it really does um, connect with him. And, you know, and then he like kind of drops the mic and I like how uh, 28 and 29 end this. He says, when Jesus finished these words, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he was teaching them like someone with authority and not like their legal experts. Um, Jesus preached one of the greatest sermons of the world. It's one that has been around um, for under 2000 years, but getting close to, um, and it's just one of those sermons that um, mirrors Moses, that anything Moses does, Jesus does better. So Moses has this great sermon. Jesus's sermon is way better, way longer, um, and, and really does get to the heart of what needs to happen in the world today. And I think we can take this, and we've done that. We've had really good, great blogs and great conversations about this sermon. Um, I think it's something that you could spend a year studying, and you still don't really scratch the surface of it. And there's just so much information in here. And so, Zach, as, as we reflect upon today, what are some things that kind of come to mind to you? So what I really love about this is as we kind of wrap this, um, you know, Sermon on the Mount series up, and I think about, you know, chapters, really the whole thing as a whole, in a, in a look back at what we've talked about today and what we've talked about in the last couple of weeks, um, we just came out of a discipleship podcast series. And if you want to know what discipleship is and not put discipleship in the corner sermon on the mount's it so i was really <laughs> careful with that yeah sermon on the mount's it. it 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 lines it out in jesus words here's what it means to be a disciple here's what it means to follow me here's how you act here's how you treat people um and they all play into one another you know not judging others being able to take the log out of your eye um to see the splinter in your brother's eye you know, help people in need. Don't judge them, help them, build a relationship with them, understand where you are so you can understand where others are, you know, and, and that goes into the golden rule that goes into all these things. Um, the one, the one note that I have written in my old study Bible, um, that I no longer use, it sits on my shelf, but I pulled it out for this one today. Um, on the narrow gate one, I have a note there that says, don't settle for mediocrity. Mm. Um, and, and I remember writing that, and, and I think that sums up the Sermon on the Mount, not settling for mediocrity, not taking the easy way out, not taking, you know, whatever, not taking the, the wide road. It's not settling for mediocrity, saying we're going to be the best that we can be each and every day. And, and maybe today we stumble and fall, but dang, we get up with Jesus and we continue to walk. But that's where Jesus, or Jesus, that's where Jerry said in his blog, yeah. in his first, in, in the first week of this, uh, Jerry said, if we want heaven, we have to bring it here. Right. Um, and like, and he emphasized all that. Actually, if he says we want heaven here, we uh, make, I'll find it. I, I want to get it right. Cause I love Jerry that much. Um, but it was something that I, I was thinking about as, as we were talking about this and, um, and the importance of if we, here's his quote to direct quoting from the, the blog. If we want heaven, we need to bring it here. And, and those are emphasized the uh, we right. and, and here. And I think that um, as we talked about this and we've shared this and as we move towards discipleship, it, it is an active engagement. It's not mm -hmm. a um, sit back and, uh, and just information. 
I think so. I, I, I completely agree. It, it is an, an action. It's active. It's always, always moving and growing and, and doing. Um, and it's not simply set in, you know, our own actions. Uh, you know, if we do this 12 step program, if we do this, this, and this, we're all right. No, it's, it's in our actions with and through God and with people um, that these things come about and that these relationships that are built and that our foundations and, and ultimately our salvation is built through Christ, um, in, in becoming true disciples. Um, the sermon on the Mount, I think does that for us. It, it calls us out of mediocrity. Um, and as we, uh, work through our piety and helping people, we do it in such a way that's life-giving. Well, and I think that that's where, um, if you haven't read Christie's blog this week or last week, I'd, I'd encourage you to look at it um, because one of the things that she says, and I was thinking about this as you were talking, um, she said, because the need to try to control everything comes from a place of fear. And we think mm. about how within the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus never says, I have control. We're okay. I got this. W- mm. What he does say is, you know, one, I think the big thing is Jesus says, you know, believe in me. And then, you know, don't worry about things. Don't judge. You know, mm-hmm. do the right thing. Love your neighbor as yourself and then love God, obviously. These are things that are basic and true. And it's obviously something that these people are struggling with because why else would any good preacher is is going to preach to you because he knows what's going on in the world and is paying attention. He's not right. just telling stories. And Jesus understands that, right. that these disciples are struggling. These people, not just the disciples, but these people are, are longing for um, salvation. And, mm. and, and Jesus brings it to them and challenges them to really oh, gosh, yeah. follow him. You, you can't tell me that the folks that heard this or really heard anything that Jesus had to say period throughout his entire ministry and arguably his life didn't leave with their toes hurting a little bit, being called out of that, being called forward and saying, Hey, here's where you're at. Here's where I'm calling you to be. Um, you know, and if you just, if you just look at the sermon on the Mount, gosh, he offends just about everybody that there is. Yeah. <laughs> it, and calls people into account, everybody into account. If you're doing this, I'm calling you away from that. If you're doing this, I'm calling you into better. If you're doing this, do it this way. And, and not only does he do that, he gives you how to do it. Here's how to pray. Here's how to help people. Here's this. And, and so, yeah, I, I think this is a high accountability, high functioning, high action thing that we have here on the Sermon of the Mount. And and so maybe as we as we bring this to a close this week, maybe we talk about maybe we have you reflect on, um, and this is the question that we asked our guest bloggers: How does this? What does the sermon mount mean to you? To yeah, that's good. That. And and, I, and I'd like for us to I'd like for you to reflect on that and, and spend some time thinking about that. And and maybe you've never read the Sermon on the Mount. And and that's what's crazy is that there are so many people that may have know about it but have never read it. Mm-hmm. And 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 mm-hmm. read it like you would hear a sermon. You know, start at five and and mm-hmm. go to the end of seven and and like soak it in. Or you know, go buy the James Earl Jones King James version and listen to him do <laughs> five through seven because that would just be beautiful. Amen. Um, <laughs> I would hate the English of it, so, the old English of it, but but I think that right. maybe if we dig down to it deeper, 
we'll discover the meaning for us, uh, how what Jesus is calling us to, to do and be, let this living word live through us and let our lives speak versus just putting discipleship in the corner. I mean, we got to make a t-shirt about that. We really do. Um, so, so what about this? Taking that idea, we're about to head into a Lent, into Lent and, and people are going to be giving things up. They're going to be adding things on depending on where you are in your context and what you like to do. Um, instead of giving up Cokes or chocolate or adding on running, I don't know, whatever you guys do, those are great things. But what if instead of that, you take the Sermon on the Mount for 40 days and you spend 40 days with it? Mm. Um, and maybe, maybe you read bits and pieces of it. Maybe you read its entirety. Um, but however you do it over the next 40 days, that's going to be my encouragement. Take it through Lent. Um, cause this is going to go, um, yeah, Lent's coming up in a couple of days and, um, let Matthew five through seven. Actually, you, you, I would hate to interrupt you. Lent started yesterday. Oh, it did. Is that when this starts? No, wait a minute. No, sorry. No, no, no. I'm right. No, 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 no. I'm wrong. I'm right on the calendar. (laughs) (laughs) So, so let that be it. Let, you know, it, read it all at once, take it in bits and pieces, but, but do it all and and spend 40 days with it and see how this, this sermon, this section of scripture speaks to you in different ways over 40 days. And then come tell us about it because we want to know. Uh, we want to have the conversations because that's what we're all about at beardedtheologians.com. Um, we want to have the conversation with you. So as you go through this and you have revelations and you, and you read things new and differently, let us know. We'd love to, love to hear from you. You can catch us on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, all of those things. Um, and uh, certainly you can catch us on beardedtheologians.com uh, if you would like. Um, you can, uh, or we do encourage you to read our blogs. Uh, we've had some great ones um, from from everywhere, from people in the States and all the way across the pond. Um, some pretty cool stuff going on. And if you would, uh, you could check those there. Um, you could check, check out uh, old podcasts and uh, as well as download them off of YouTube. I don't know if you can download off YouTube, but you can watch them on YouTube and you can download them off uh, Google Play and iTunes. Um, we want to thank you all. We couldn't do it without you. Uh, if you buy a shirt or a mug, that just helps us do this a little bit uh, better and a little bit longer. So uh, for the Bearded Theologians, I'm Zach Bechtold. And I'm Matt Franks. Don't let your piety hang out. Thank you for listening to the Bearded Theologians Beardcast. If you'd like to learn more about the Bearded Theologians or look at our other content, go online at beardedtheologians.com. And also don't forget to pick up one of those beautiful coffee mugs or t-shirts that we have on our website as well. Don't put that in the bloopers either. Yes. Nice. See, that's another Jesus picture. Oh, you can't hear me. I'm so dark. I'll just look here. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.